0: The technology likely to have the greatest impact on the next few decades has arrived
1: you can start building completely new concepts for payments that we've never
2: thought of Move the need for a financial intermediary to transact value bitcoin and the blockchain have an amazing future this is going to transform society
1: all right guys so i've got selena and nigel from ibm blockchain here with me and I think we're gonna have a really insightful discussion today, but before we go into things, why don't you just introduce yourselves?
2: Sure, so I'm Nigel Gopi, I'm the global marketing leader for IBM Food Trust, which is a IBM blockchain solution.
0: I'm Selena Kim, I am the content marketing lead for IBM Food Trust, and I work with Nigel here on the IBM Food Trust solution as well.
1: Okay, perfect, so I think the most relevant place to start is IBM blockchain, when and how did it all start?
0: So IBM blockchain started around 2015 when IBM started engaging with clients pretty formally. And we began doing work that eventually were solidified publicly, which is sort of our founding when we engaged with the Open Ledger project, which eventually became Hyperledger. Around December of 2015 and early 2016, uh, we made a major code contribution, which then began the development of Hyperledger Fabric later in the spring. And that is really when IBM blockchain hardened to become a formal business and brand within IBM and now after so many years our business has over 1600 dedicated employees working over 500 client engagements and many products such as ibm food trust
1: that's just the blockchain department within ibm correct those statistics you just gave me
0: yeah that's right that's ibm blockchain
1: christ i didn't realize it was so large so correct me if i'm wrong but predominantly your customers Uh, businesses. So if I'm a business looking to leverage blockchain technology, what different services can IBM blockchain offer to me?
0: So IBM has several various business units and in addition to the ones that are most known things like cloud systems, services and research, uh, within IBM blockchain we also are working on various products. So one of those is IBM Food Trust, as we already mentioned, which is working with the food ecosystem and making it smarter and safer for for everyone, for all participants. We also have WorldWire, Platform, um, Trade Lens, and various other products. And not only do we have these solutions, but we also work with clients individually to create something new, something I don't, I don't want to say custom, but something that we can innovate and make sure that it fits their needs.
1: Okay, fantastic. So the food trust program, you just touched on that there. What is the issue that you guys are trying to solve with the food trust program?
0: So IBM Food Trust is using blockchain technology to, we say it's creating unprecedented visibility and accountability in the food supply chain, because right now the food ecosystem is very limited in its scope of uh, transparency and trust. What exists currently is the ability to see, in the industry they call it one up, one down, and that's to see one step ahead and one step behind the food ecosystem. However, we're trying to create a solution, or not trying, it's a, we have created a solution um, using enabled by blockchain technology that allows you to see the entire span of the food ecosystem uh, in a very immutable, um, secure, and flexible way so that you don't have to worry about things like your competitors being able to see data that you don't want them to see. We can all be on. network and provide safer and fresher food for everyone without letting that be a factor.
2: Yeah, let's just um, also make this a little more real here in terms of IBM Food Trust. And as Selena said, we're really about finding these places that need trust and transparency. And so when you think of food safety, um, and Selena also noted that right now in regulations in America, it's one up, one down. So basically, you need to know who you get something from and where something goes but just one step in that process. And understanding if there's a problem, an outbreak. So we just recently had an outbreak of E. coli and romaine lettuce. It's, um, and all Americans were told not to eat any. Well, trying to figure out the source of that took a little while to do because a lot of the um, recording mechanisms, it's like digital and paper-based. And so you have to go through like all these files and calling people, very analog, to figure out where something's from. And with a blockchain solution where you have this trusted data sharing platform, you can trace that information in seconds. Um, another thing is around food waste. A third of all food goes wasted. A lot of it happens in our, cons- in our homes, shame on us, but then a, a bunch also happens um, within the industry itself because of inefficient supply chains. Imagine if we were able to make those supply chains more efficient by looking across um, the entire supply chain. Um, and this is what something like IBM Food Trust does is it really allows that visibility and in the information, the trusted information sharing across these different transaction partners.
1: Okay, guys. So in order for us to continue to bring you content through our blog posts, Twitter, and our podcast, we've had to start sponsoring our content. And this episode has been sponsored by The Crypto Collection. They're a cryptocurrency-themed clothing company. They have beanies, t-shirts, hoodies, gym leggings, scarves, and my personal favorite, they're snapback hats. So the selection of clothing they have on their website is super broad and some of the colors and designs they have are really funky. I've been using one of their hats for a few weeks now and I'm loving it. The fit and the general sizing of it is exactly what you'd hope for it to be. They also offer free shipping to the US and Canada. So if you're looking for any Christmas presents for your crypto obsessed friends, it may be worth checking out these guys at www.thecryptocollection.co but in case you didn't get that we've left a link in the description below too but without further ado we'll get back to the episode if you're able to could you give us an example of an item from the start of the supply chain to the end of it so how it would how an item bought in a supermarket let's say an apple or a potato what is the process that it goes through with the food trust program from the start until the very very end and until it's consumed
2: right so I'm going to give you an example. Have you heard of our um, pilot work with Walmart?
1: I have, yes, yeah, absolutely. Let's use
2: that as an example. That's how we, we kick things off. So over a year ago, we worked with Walmart and we thought, you know, this technology blockchain is great where it does bring trust and transparency. And what we did was we worked with the vice president of food safety, Frank Giannis, and he wanted us to test the ability for his team compared to blockchain solution to trace a slice of, of mangoes back to the source. And so um, there are many steps that this goes through, right? So you have the farm where the mango is grown. You then have the hot wash facility um, where the mangoes are, are washed. Then you have where they're aggregated across these different farms and placed on a shipping container that's shipped across to, let's say, America. It's then taken to a manufacturing plant where it is cut or sliced. Then it's packaged it's put on a pallet so it's wrapped up, it's put on a truck and then shipped to distribution centers and those distribution centers then ship them to stores, they're unpacking to store shelves and then your customer takes the product, scans it, checks out the, uh, the supermarket and then brings it home. So there are many steps on this process.
1: Fascinating. So the main perks or the main benefits that the program offers or the main one is transparency.
2: You said transparency, I think It's trusted transparency. And so I think that's the biggest thing about blockchains. You know, you might have other mechanisms. Imagine if you got a product that says this product comes from Mexico. Well, you could believe that. But what causes you to believe that? With a blockchain solution, the data in there is immutable and you can actually look at it. And so it's a little more trusted system than anything else. And so you get trust and transparency tied together, which is very different than just trust alone or transparency alone.
1: Definitely. I like the emphasis on uh, trusted rather exactly. than just on transparency. I'm definitely going to gonna keep that one. But sorry, what was that, Selena? Were you going to contribute there?
0: Yeah, I was just going to add in something. So, so this is something that's relevant um, to everyone and something that's relevant across time, I would say, being able to trust and know where your food came from. But most recently, something that's very relevant to today is that the FDA commissioner was talking about Um, the romaine, romaine contamination, and he was saying that part of why it took so long to find a source is because they found that a lot of the documents about where the items are stored, how they're processed and everything is on paper documents. They're actually handwritten. And in this digital age, that's a bit hard to imagine. Uh, and as you just heard Nigel mention, there are so many steps in the process there. You um, have to temperature control, right? You have to think about the inventory uh, in the warehouses. You have to think about shelf life of the packaged mangoes. How? Imagine doing all that management on paper and then tra- tracing it back. And it's just astounding.
2: I just want to add, I don't think we actually give the punchline. Do you want to tell the, the difference between doing it yeah, uh, manually like today's methods versus a blockchain method.
0: So, Felix, hmm. let me ask you: How long do you think it took Walmart, who's actually um, one of the w- one of the market leads in tracing back? Um, how long do you think it took them to trace the mangoes back to the source?
2: Like uh, when I visit farms, they literally are writing things on paper, and it's there's like a filing cabinet sitting right next to the person.
1: Then I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna guess it's into the days and weeks.
0: Yeah. So it took almost a week. It was like six days and um, almost a full day. And with blockchain, can you guess how long the traceback took?
1: Probably less than 10 minutes.
0: It took 2.2 seconds. And funny enough, (laughs) it's actually instantaneous. But because of the internet connection, it it took those 2.2 seconds.
1: (laughs) I love that. So the benefits that the IBM or the Food Trust solution provides are a tenfold, and you guys are. There's a lot of people within it. There's a lot of different stakeholders within the project. So, who would you say are going to be the ones that benefit most from the food trust program? Is there only a small select of stakeholders that are going to benefit, or is it everyone within the within the project?
2: Yeah, you know, the way I see it is everyone eats. We're all going to benefit because this is going to transform the entire food supply chain. Think about it from your consumer's perspective. You can now trust where food is coming from. You understand how something was grown. Was it sustainably grown for both the community and also for the people? Is it organic? You know, there are certain things about that product you can now trust as a consumer. From a um, a retailer perspective, um, you're now able to differentiate perhaps the product you have. You can do better recalls. You can ensure that. Um, the product you have on the shelf, if there is a recall is actually, has been recalled. You can have more of that management and the visibility into what products you have in your store shelf. So you can surgically remove the things that are impacted and leave the things that are healthy. Do you want to add some others?
0: Well, I was just going to bring it all together. And yeah, so what we like to say, Felix, is that everyone gets value from it, but the value that you get from the solution is unique.
2: Right. And I, I listed at the end almost of the food chain, but also early on, all can also benefit. So like your farmers, your processors, and so on. So with, um, with spinach in 2006, there was one bad lot from one supplier one day, and it caused um, no American again could eat spinach and it caused collapse of the spinach industry. And research suggests it's been impacted over the course of six to seven years uh, because of that one incident. And so now, as a farmer, if you put your um, your produce um, on there, you can actually prove that it's not the impacted product, if that is something that's important for um, your particular supply chain. You can prove that I organically grew my potatoes or whatever product it is, and the other farmer down the street, Selena, she does not. And... <laughs> And I can benefit because I can charge a price premium and people can trust that it is actually organic.
1: So when you say that people can actually trust that it's organic. How do the consumers trust that it's organic? Because one of the main food epidemics that we had or that we experienced in the last few years was the fraud that certain UK supermarkets or perhaps it was one, I can't really remember, but they were were misleading their customers. Well, misleading is an understatement. They were out like lying to their customers saying that they were serving them beef when it was in fact horse meat that was cheaper to um to supply so basically going back to my question how do the consumers benefit from this and how are they able to check that the food that they're purchasing is actually coming from where they from where it says
2: yeah and that's a fantastic question because i think the net of it is what you're saying is garbage in garbage out so Someone can still be using a digital system, but what if they put in things that's inaccurate or just not true and they're intentionally trying to mislead you? So there's nothing that prevents you from doing that. But here's the difference in today's world versus a blockchain world. In today's world, you can escape. There is no visibility or very little visibility in the entire supply chain. With, as Alain mentioned, like the whole paper-based record-keeping system, it can take forever to find the culprit if you find them at all. With a, in a blockchain world, because everything is digitized on a shared permission ledger, you can actually find out. You basically have a digital trail that goes right back to the source. And so I might try to cheat you for a little bit, Felix, but you can easily figure out who cheated you because everything's um, recorded. So that's one piece. Another piece is we are currently working through ways for us to get data automatically on the blockchain. So, for example, having testing equipment automatically send data into the blockchain. So with IoT devices, for instance, where they record temperature data, you can have those uh, devices send information directly to the blockchain without a human intervening. Another way of getting around it is through analytics. So you can use advanced analytics to understand data patterns so you know when things might be fraudulent or not. And then finally, um, here at IBM, we're actually in our research group, where we have the capability to take pictures of food products or it could even be your skin or other objects. And because of the um, physical characteristics of those products, by taking a picture of it, you can actually tell if that product has changed over time. Um, so it, let's say you had honey and you took a picture of your honey. When it comes out of the supply chain later, you take a picture again, you can tell whether it's the same honey or not. So there are ways in which we are trying to help prevent or test the veracity of information. But I would say the primary thing that we're doing is ensuring that there's accountability. And that is having that digital trail right back to Selena's house, right back to my house. So you know with whom you're dealing and who put that information in there.
0: Yeah. definitely. Just one thing to add, um, we here at IBM are also also not working in a vacuum, right? We're leveraging research and data gathered by um, certification bodies, people like GS1, or initiatives like PTI, um, the Produce Traceability Initiative. And we're responding to the market and the demands of the consumer. So we're definitely leveraging what's out there while also innovating um, on our own as well.
1: Fantastic. Nigel, just to go back to the point that you made there about the Internet of Things and the IoT devices, and also tying into your Mango example, let's say um, a Mango is recorded under the IBM blockchain, the Food Trust program. How does a consumer know through the IoT device that it, it is actually what it says it is? Is there a little chip on it, like an RFID chip, or how do consumers verify it?
2: Right. Yep. Yeah, that's a good question. And Different companies are going to do it different ways. Um, in some cases, maybe you don't really need to have it. In other places, it's it's invaluable. In fact, um, Carrefour, with their chickens, they're currently using QR codes. So you can scan chicken and understand where, where it's from, the source, and how it was grown. And they're using the IBM blockchain um, system and IBM Food Trust in particular.
1: And that solution is currently live? It's already live? Correct. It's live. Wow. Fascinating. It's... It's so great to see blockchain actually being implemented and being used and actually being a return on society because we're often or we often or I often get caught in into the loop and into the bubble that, oh, institutional investors are coming or blockchain needs to take off one day. But in fact, as you guys are perfectly demonstrating, it's being used as a real solution for real issues in, um, in present time.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, we we attend a lot of conferences, and we obviously consume a lot of um, literature, and there's a lot of hype around there. And um, a lot of people think it's just all hype. And we like to think that certainly with any new technology, there's going to be some hype out there, but there's a lot of great applications for blockchain technology, and this is certainly one of them. Um, The one thing that most consumers don't know about is we actually have millions of our Products that are on blockchain out there today on store shelves. So people are consuming products that's track all the way to the end and they don't know about it. Um, so so it's, it's great to see how excited you are uh, to learn that um, this is in production and um, helping people today.
1: Definitely. Definitely got an interest in things that are happening in the present rather than in the future because, as I mentioned, there's so much focus on in the future and the, the future in the blockchain ecosystem. But going on to a completely different conversation route now, one of the biggest themes in blockchain in 2018 is interoperability and how different blockchains can interact and communicate with each other. And I think it's especially relevant to IBM blockchain. So what is interoperability for our audience or our listeners that don't know what it is and how does it tie in with IBM blockchain?
0: So there's two channels of interoperability. The first is technology And the second is business. So, technology, um, I touched on it a little bit, but right, we're on the Hyperledger fabric. But there are other uh, blockchain networks out there that we would want to work with everyone. Kind of like, like how currently you can work between different cloud systems, you know, IBM Cloud, Amazon Cloud. Um, or even just
2: like your cell phone. I can call mm-hmm. you and we're probably not the same phone provider.
0: Right. Um, AT&T and Verizon, but we can still talk to each other. We can FaceTime. We, you want to be able to do that with blockchain as well. Uh, the second that I mentioned, which is business. We want to make sure that there the different standards that currently exist um, in terms of the standard of food, you know, any standards they need to meet before the food is actually available to a consumer. We want to meet those and not just one set of standards, but global. And so that blockchain is applicable everywhere.
2: So let me just um, also talk about that part. Basically, that's like speaking the same language. And um, it's, it's like making sure that we speak one common language so that data can be easily shared across the different participants. Um, imagine if um, some people were talking Spanish and other French and English, getting the data to flow accurately and seamlessly across might be a problem. So these standards allow us to really have the Rosetta Stone to speak the same language throughout.
1: Okay, so let's say we fast forward 10 years. How do you envision IBM and the rest of the world interacting with and using blockchain technology?
2: Well, I guess I would say, imagine going back in time to when the internet was first invented. And it, someone asked you that question, remember, remember when the cloud was a huge thing and your parents or grandparents were like, what is this cloud? And today we're just using our iPhones and using all these gadgets without really even thinking about it. Well, that's exactly what's going to happen later. No one's gonna say, hey, is that blockchain? It's just going to be the way that we conduct business. It's going to be the way that we conduct transactions at volume and at scale and all digital. And we're going to have networks that are all going to be connected and interconnected with each other. So you can imagine having goods and services and payment networks all interconnected and with smart contracts so that things are effortlessly transacted with um, the goods and services changing hands and also payments changing hands in an automated fashion to help facilitate trade
1: that's a really interesting approach. I like that. So just before we end off, guys, are you are you good to go for a quick fire Q&A session?
0: Yeah, so you said keep this short um, and try not to answer too long, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, let's do it.
1: Perfect. Okay, so how would you describe Hyperledger in its most basic form?
0: Sure, so Hyperledger was founded by the Linux Foundation and Hyperledger Fabric is one of the blockchains sorry, one of the blockchain projects within Hyperledger. And it makes sure that it leverages uh, blockchain technology features such as smart contracts, um, distributed ledger, and things like that in the system. But also important to note is that it's private and permissioned.
1: Okay. So collectively, can you guys name me a few different companies? You've already named a few, but using the IBM blockchain or some of the solutions that you guys are offering.
2: Sure. Okay, great. Um, So we have... Uh, Carrefour, we have Walmart, we have um, Tyson's, we have um, some of the big banks like RBC, CIBC, TD, Scotiabank.
0: Yeah, the TradeLens project also um, works closely with Maersk as well.
1: Okay, so with the blockchains that IBM offer, how is consensus agreed and organized?
0: So in the
2: IBM um, blockchain system with IBM Food Trust, the participants are known. Um, it's all business ident- um, entities, we already know who they are, um, the transactions that they have is all um, permission, meaning that it they choose with whom they share information. And this is very different from um, your Bitcoin or some of the crypto networks out there because participants' IDs are anonymous and the transactions are, are, are um, publicly available and so in our system Our consensus uh, mechanism exists, but it's not a resource-intense algorithm like it it is for Bitcoin. It's it's much more energy efficient.
1: Could you both name me one of the greatest challenges that you think blockchain systems will face in the next few years?
2: So one of the things that we, our mantra here um, at IBM is blockchain's a team sport. And unlike uh, solutions, other solutions that's out there, with a blockchain solution, you're really working Uh, across companies, you're working across groups within the same company, and so you're really dependent on networks of individuals to get on board. And one of the biggest challenges to ensure that everyone out there is able to join um, and contribute and get value from that work in a meaningful way. And so ensuring that they have the right technology or business processes um, to help enable that they are all um, getting value is really important for us. Yep.
0: Absolutely. Um, so mine is a, a bit related, but a, um, a little different perspective. But I think that the biggest challenge actually isn't technology at all. I think definitely it's a part of it because blockchain technology is so um, it's so relevant and central to this conversation. However, it's everything that's that's supporting blockchain technology that I think is a bigger challenge and needs a greater focus. So it's not only things like, you know, cultural and like market adaptation of blockchain, but building a governance model that fully supports the technology, having the discussion about how your business is going to handle, you know, the permission network, um, Mm -hmm. and all those things that come together and to build your ecosystem to build your network. I think that's what And this is a really good
2: point, Selena. I mean, a lot of people think it's just the technology, but the technology doesn't tell you how you govern yourselves. It doesn't tell you how data privacy and, and ethics for your data. It's the people who are behind the scenes who govern how you get together. And so, for example, for us in IBM Food Trust, we really have very strong privacy documentations and guidelines. So, for example, The data that you have before you upload anything belongs to you even after upload no one else and you get to choose with whom you share it and this is a very important uh some of the really important pieces of our governance model that the technology alone doesn't dictate we decided to do it this way based on input and guidance across the food industry
1: yep i see how that works so Could you guys list me collectively the three main benefits of joining the IBM Food Trust program?
2: So the three important things that any organization will get from blockchain is efficiency, trust and transparency.
1: Okay, I love that answer. So both of you now, if you could have dinner with one person in the world and explain to them what blockchains are and the potential they have, who would you dine with?
0: So he's already come up once in this conversation, but I'm going to have to say Frank Giannis, who um, when I met him, he was the VP of food safety at Walmart. But now he's um, gone on to be the FDA deputy commissioner of foods. And he is just he is such a visionary. And what we were saying about how relevant blockchain will be in 10, 25 years in the world where it's sort of like the Internet where you can't live without it. He's seen that coming for quite some time now, and yeah, if you if you look him up, he just has such inspirational and like visionary uh, thoughts and plans of incorporating blockchain into our everyday lives. And I think um, I would I would love to grab dinner with him sometime.
1: And how about you, Nigel?
2: Well, I think I would actually want to have dinner with my grandmother. <laughs> I know, I know, um, she's not alive, but I think she'd be really excited to know how far things have come and when she was alive internet, she she's really excited about that and letting her know about this new technology and how i'm part of it with um, a great team of people uh, is something that i would enjoy having
1: what a fantastic answer i love that one i usually finish uh, the episodes of industry insights by asking our guests if they have a particular preference over bitcoin or bitcoin cash but seeing as you guys aren't directly involved with cryptocurrencies and are more on the distributed ledger side i'm interested to see if you guys have got any answers here
2: Uh, i i don't have a preference yeah we we're both like no we don't really dabble with cryptocurrencies
0: yeah i don't either (laughs) sorry
1: no that's really interesting no don't be sorry it's 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 just interesting that someone could be so invested in blockchain, but then just not interested in cryptocurrencies. It's it's quite unique within the with at least within our audience. So yeah, no, really interesting answers.
2: Our interests are more about the applied use of it in the food chain in the food industry.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: Great, thanks for having us. Thank Anytime. you for having us.
1: Do you guys have any personal accounts or personal blogs or anything that you want to plug? or where we can find more information about IBM blockchain or anything that you want to plug?
0: Nigel actually is uh, has a great Twitter account, so maybe we can plug his Twitter, which is analyticsbytes, with B-Y-T-E-S, at analyticsbytes. And I wonder if we should also do IBM blockchain Twitter handle. Yeah. At IBM blockchain.
1: Okay, perfect. So guys, if you want to find Nigel on Twitter, go and check him out. Thank you so much for coming on once again. Really, really, really appreciate it, guys. I hope you have a great evening. Well, actually, no, it's probably around midday there in New York. No, it's evening for me in Europe. But anyway, guys, back to my point. I hope you guys have a great day and thank you once again. Great.
0: Thanks for having us. Thank you.